Good morning, everyone. This is Kathy Mason from Mason Works Marketing here on Conscious Business Zone with my friend, Ashley Lee. Hi, Ashley. Hi, everyone. Hi. Hello. It's so great to be here today. Yeah. And I am so excited because I'm going to learn something today. I always do. I think Ashley is one of the most articulate people I've ever met. Um, where When she gets going, it's like, what'd she say? What'd she say? <laughs> a lot of times I have to listen to it more than once. So be prepared. If you have to listen to it more than once, don't worry, but it's worth it. <laughs> so Ashley, you have done so many things. You've, you're an RN. You've, you've, um, you're like a constant creator, um, fearless, uh, courage out there, creating consciousness wherever you, you can. And you've worked with highly sensitive children. You've worked with families. You do conflict resolution. Um, you do self-healing. And um, and you are a um, platform now. You have a platform on Sology, which you were so kind to have me on. Although I haven't seen my session. I don't, is it on? Yes, yes. And okay, I well, and I'll yeah. have to go see. <laughs> go see what we said. Oh my gosh. Anyway, so everyone, I I want Ashley to start with if she could, because you you were on when I started this four years ago. So um they may not have the current audience may not know you. So could you start with your journey? Because um you came in fully conscious and probably had a lot of figuring out to do of how to play this game here. And um, so could you share a little bit about that? That is a beautiful question. Thank you. I, I, I realized I came in fully conscious and then, um, and then got unconscious many, <laughs> many times. I, I think I could call it uh, recognizing maybe as a soul um, in, the, in the young incarnate me of being a baby or being a toddler or an infant um, is that uh, feeling a little victim to the environment, just like you shared. And when I felt a little victim to the environment, it kind of knocked me down. And I, I didn't realize it was my own victim consciousness about being like hit by the human collective consciousness or hit by negativity or hit by it's not okay being yourself or yeah. ourselves. Right. And so I got knocked down. And so sometimes I got knocked down so much. So I had to, what we call, or David Icke shares, uh, we had to acquiesce, right? Or give in or submit to the environments around us in order to survive, uh, be loved, be supported, belong, all of those things. And so I fell asleep many times, or I felt I had to go to sleep in order to be myself here in the world. Perfect. And so it, it took me a, quite a while to wake up um, to my giftedness, to our ability to relate, um, where we combine spirit, science, spirituality, ourselves, our giftedness, and be who we truly are deep down in our hearts in every day in every way. Mm -hmm. And so it took me a while. It took me about 46 years to heal asthma and allergies, which created an autoimmune problem which was created by me by not wanting to be here. So when we kind of hate our body or we hate life, or we believe that life is hitting us and affecting us and wanting to take us down, sometimes we can get a little hypervigilant to that, meaning a little hypersensitive to that and develop conditions for the body. Hmm. Mine was called asthma and allergies. So I healed that at age 46, being mature now at 59, so living the last 13 years fully awake and to who I am. And so in that, in that time span, I was a pediatric critical care nurse for 32 years. I recently um, ceased that uh, position, recognizing that I could support the world from a health perspective and energetic healing perspective 13 years ago. And so it has always been supportive um, since the beginning of the universe to emancipate the child. And so mm -hmm. in the process of emancipating the child, you know, letting the child be the child, letting the child be their true set nature selves, spiritual, mental, emotional, and physical, and all the realms that we experience life, 
letting that child, allowing that child, cultivating that child, stewarding the child to be its true nature giftedness. When we are able to express our giftedness, we not are naturally what comes forward is our mission, vision, purpose, and passion in life that you share and you work with so gratefully. I'm so <laughs> appreciative of your work, Kathy. Oh, thank you. <laughs> well, yeah. well, well, so what, what I want people to know is that this, this conversation today could be the doorway to your joy. And that, that while we're talking, I'm hoping that you can feel the, the possibility for yourself and the opportunity to expand consciousness in a huge way. Because Ashley has, it by going through her process of being in the world, but also in an expanded perspective, she is actively helping people. And that's what I, I want to cheerlead that as much as possible because that's what we're here for. We kind yes. of forgot. We kind of got in the story. We kind of got heavy duty down. We kind of got that chaos. It's all out there. We kind of let it in and then we can kick it out. Right. We, we can, we can kick it out <clears throat> and we can kick it out without um, feeling negative without having distortions, right. without um, being conflictual, um, without uh, projecting distortions into the field about what we believe or what we perceive. And it's so interesting. And so I made many vector points or many uh, access points for people to reach me and us and our missions in the world. And so many of them, I realized when I was working with kids and families and highly sensitive kids and highly psychic, intuitive kids. What happened was, was their parents and teachers in society was unwilling to have the conversation or prejudiced about the conversation of intuition and thought that we had to be logical, linear, mental, less emotional, less spiritual, only on Sundays, maybe, and, <laughs> and, and be regular everyday people um, in our world in order to grow up, get a job, maybe called just over broke. And work until we, you know, perish in our bodies. And what if none of that is true? And that's the, that's the cultivation of what we get to consider inside our lives. So connecting with our intuition, connecting with our deep spiritual aspects, our giftedness in the world, the ability to speak, think, emote, connect, optimizes our relationships. So I have spoken to many, many parents and teachers about this and many, many facilitators of children. What is our intuition? Why is it useful in our everyday world? Right. And I had to answer that question for myself, too. I think I always answered it for myself and wondered how to blend it in with everyday world. Our intuition helps us connect with our inner guidance. Our inner guidance is that inner navigation system. That our golden compass, our true north. And when we go sideways, when we get bent, when we get emotional, when we get reactive, when we get overwhelmed, frustrated, demanding, insisting, or expecting, I call that die. When we kill opportunities stone cold dead through demanding, insisting, and expecting, we disconnect from our very ability to connect with our inner guidance that can guide our, our first next steps. Perfect right into creating a cult a world cultivated in love and developing solutions based from love versus the very fear that we are in conflict with <clears throat> so most of the time we're in conflict with distortions we're in conflict with deception we're in conflict with things that are not our true nature of love negativity anger frustration irritation overwhelm confusion we don't like those states of being. And so we do everything to solve those problems. Yet we don't realize that we're responding or reacting from fear versus becoming calm, centered, and connected again to our inner guidance to thus really create solutions from those very problems based in love. And we, we create a basis of love in solution creating 
creating solutions. We have the opportunity for those solutions to flourish, cultivate, and grow. A lot of times when we create a solution based from the fear, we collapse, condense, and diminish our opportunities and potentials for ourselves, each other, and the environments we choose to create. Beautiful. So that's an example of some of my articulate words. That's so beautiful. Okay, so how do you deal with um, the... Um, okay, so you have your paradigm of your world, you're going along sharing your gifts, and then someone says yes, and then a week later they say no. How? Because it, it, uh, for me, a lot of times it's the shock. Uh, it was, oh, I thought we were turning left. What are we doing now? And I don't necessarily honor their turning left because I thought we were going straight. Um, what, how <laughs> well, do you, you, you mentioned that? you mentioned that so well? So a lot of times when we grow um, through childhood and through our youth, and then when we grow into you know old young adults, right? And we we go to college or we go to schooling or we have a mentor or we do different things to learn in our journey about expressing our mission, vision, and passion. And many times it's not through our giftedness, it's through cultivate, cultivated successes. So we got an A on the test. We did great at the basketball game. We learned these skill sets in everyday life that fed us this idea of confidence. And yet we may or may not be connected to our true giftedness, our ability to relate, relate to getting an A on the test, a relating, getting, uh, you know, being the MVP in the basketball game or whatever sports we decided to work on, MVP, most valuable person or player, right? So we've cultivated these skill sets, maybe minus our giftedness inside. How do we relate to each other, to ourselves, and to the environments we choose to create? Are we relating positively? Or are we relating negatively? Are we relating through rules and regulations? So that's what you were pointing to a little bit, Kathy, I sense, mm -hmm. is, our, is our rules and regulations about how life is and how life's supposed to be. Right. And we were taught that through what we could call, big words, cognitive biases or fixed ways of thinking. So if, you're, if you, for example, Kathy, were told by your mom, you have to go straight instead of turn right or left. Right then everything that you do related to that environment, you're gonna go straight. You're not gonna turn right or left. Right. And so when we, maybe that first time when you learned it with your mom and your mom told you what to do and how to do it, and you went straight, you had a success. So you related that success to going always straight and never turning right or left. But as you grow older and your situations change, and they cultivate into different environments with different relationships, new opportunities, new possibilities. You went into a habit of still going straight. Right. And we forget to connect with our inner guidance go, oh, wow, is this something new and fresh in the moment? Right. In this new and fresh in the moment with a new relationship, different from the past, although it looks the same, same road, same car, maybe same pathway. But instead for the relationship, I don't know, my best friend who wants to help me out in my business work wants me to turn right. But I'm not going to turn right because my mom told me to stay straight. Right. So I totally missed that opportunity in my own inner guidance and my relation, my new relationship that says, please turn right. Because the answer is over to the right now. That's different from before. Well, I so think. What I was talking about was the shock of it, because you can get to the, oh, there's other choices that I can make. But the, but the, your triggered response is, I'm going to go straight because that serves everyone. That served my mother. It served everyone. Right. But, yeah. but, but what happens is, is you sort of go, whoa, where did that even come from? That's what, that's what I tend to do. It's like, wow, um, what is this? Because I try to put a bigger meaning to it than it is. That's the other thing. Is that common? 
I think it is common and, and quite honestly, we get success oriented. So what worked before we keep. Uh. And what we may not realize is what if we could keep that as a tool that before it worked and it could work again, but what if it doesn't have to be all the time, always? So in the moment when you're at that intersection again and your friend asks you to turn right or come right, or your inner guidance says, hey, there's a new opportunity, turn right. <laughs> and you're like, no, I want the old success. I want the success that worked and I only want to stay in that lane. And what happens is, is when we do that, we, we bypass the ability to connect to our intuition. We bypass that ability to connect into our inner guidance. And a lot of times we're fearful of what the inner guidance is sharing with us because when we turn right, we don't know what to expect. Right. We're demanding success and we're insisting success. And yet in this new situation, in this new time zone, new and fresh in this moment, being present in the now, the opportunity is right. The success is straight. But what if there's a new success that's even more abundant than what you learned before? Perfect. Right? And we, we may not realize that. And it may be a little treacherous. <laughs> the road might be bumpy. There might be some potholes you have to go around to get to that new level of success. We have to get out of our comfort zone and move into something new that we were in, in, enticed, incited, heard, saw. Maybe there was a rainbow. I looked right and I'm like, oh, there's a rainbow over there. Maybe I could go over there and see what that's like. And so we have the opportunity to be able to do that by releasing our previous prejudices, our previous ideas of what is perfect what I need to do, where I need to go, and to move to right. I mean, and let's say I turn right and I, I see the rainbow and I see the potential and the possibility and I experience that, I commit to that, I acknowledge it, I have maybe conflicts along the way, right? Because I'm going to have to get through some of my own BS. Yeah. As, my, as my friend Brucey says, he says, our BS, we have to get through our BS to get through our belief systems to get to something new that we didn't know was available. Perfect. And many times our belief systems have a lot of prejudice or opinions or values or ideas that we may or may not be conscious of in the moment. Mm -hmm. And so sometimes new roads, they take us in unfamiliar territory. And that unfamiliar territory is also accessing our unconscious thoughts, our unconscious mind, unconscious emotional reactions that we may have that inhibit us to grow in different ways that we didn't understand before. Okay. So, so that's, I, I, that was what I was going to ask next, next was what is it that you found is the um, best way to explain the benefit of using your intuition in guiding your life because our our school system has trained us to use um, standards that somebody set and the um, and certainly medical industry <laughs> you were taught standards but yes. you've had this this other why I'm calling an expanded view because it has so many more options of um, data um, to pull from to create a more holistic solution than this the narrow scientific view or or the academic view. So how could you explain the benefit? Because I know in standard language, uh, consciousness has now become a word that's used everywhere. Intuition was called being in the flow before. It, it's been it's been available for hundreds and hundreds of years in our language, but it hasn't really been um, used in the in the expanded view way that you're talking about right now, right? Yes. So here's an example, and and I love your your roadway example, and I'm gonna I'm gonna broaden that example just a little bit in the medical realm. Okay. So 
the the opportunities that are before us when we get out of our comfort zone or get out of our box or get out of our fixed values, our fixed opinions, our fixed prejudice or our fixed habits of what we've been doing that created success in the past. And this is a very prime example. This is what I loved about being in the medical world. Um, outside of some of the standards and the standard operating procedures that we did in the intensive care unit to take care of kids that are on life support that need life-saving measures to stay alive and to recover and move beyond the illnesses and conditions and traumas they have experienced. And what we did was as a team, we came together as a team and we thought outside the box all the time. And for some reason, it was very interesting that the institutions that I, the regional medical centers, high, highly intelligent, highly intuitive environments that didn't maybe necessarily look at in the intuitiveness. But I recognize that all the physicians, all the nurses, all the respiratory therapists, social workers, even some of the management would think outside the box in a pediatric setting to help save a life. So many times we had to go beyond the standards of practice in order to see what's possible to save a life. And so we always stayed in cutting edge environments to move beyond what we established as standard operating procedures. So we'd have standard operating procedures to do certain things, suctioning a breathing tube and running an IV with uh, special medications that kept the heart pumping and things like that. And when we, when what we did though was we always looked outside the box when the child wasn't responding to, to standard operation procedures. So when the response was diminished or the child was diminishing and not surviving, we looked at other options beyond our standards of practice so that we could open the envelope to see beyond what we had seen before. So many people don't realize it, but diagnostics, for example, an X-ray machine, a PET scan, a CT scan, an MRI scan, an ultrasound machine. Those machines, those diagnostic machines are an example of the limits of our consciousness, the limits okay. of our availability. And they may be limited by how it can be manufactured or how it made or what people accept as, as a reality. But the thing is, is most diagnostics and most things in the world, including our medical world, is based upon the limits of our creativity. Mm -hmm. And so in the pediatric intensive care units, what we did was we always, every day, elicited from inside of us what was greater than the limits of our knowledge base. So we always extended our knowledge base to help save a life. And we did this repetitively. And that's what kept pediatric and neonatal newborn intensive care units on the cutting edge, more than adult intensive care units. And I sense it came from a value of we need to save a child's life no matter what. And so we kind of went into that realm. And it has its own bioethics and ethical concerns around those areas of no matter what, because that's a fear basis. Mm -hmm. And when we put fear basis inside of solution making, we sometimes go down, you know, rabbit holes or areas that don't really work as well as, ba as solutions based in love. So when we switched our paradigm and we said, we really feel, sense, and know that this child would like to survive and like to live beyond this situation. How may we institute our genius, our intuitive abilities to move beyond what we know is a limit as the possibility to restore this child's life? And so that's a living physical example of what's really going on in these medical environments. And I invite our medical environments to move on move beyond the invasiveness and move into the intuitive realms even a little bit more. Like there was one child, for example, and we had a, an attending physician and he was of the Indian background. So meditation was not outside of his realm of inner work. And so what he did was we couldn't understand why this child kept trying to leave the planet. <clears throat> and we started to address some of the spiritual issues inside of us that would help connect with the child. And because the child was, was refractory or re resistant to any of the therapies that we brought forward. And what was so amazing was, was he said, 
let's all congregate and meditate together for this child's best interest. Wow. So things are starting to begin to turn and change and adjust, just like you shared. And I invite in these opportunities for all of these medical cares to come together. Energy medicine, naturopathic medicine, you know, like body work and different things, and then allopathic medicine or disease-based medicine, sick-based medicine that Western medicine responds to. Right. And so there are all these different ways and technologies that we can come together. And what we're basing this conversation about is that we're cultivating for everyone who's listening live and pre-recorded is this opportunity to add to the listening. We invite all the listeners, all the podcasters, all these, all the people that will see this well into the future is to let's join together. Let's synergize our intuition to grow businesses consciously, awake, aware. Noticing the possibilities, moving away from our fixed thinking models and moving into new models, new systems, new structures to develop business in a way that everyone wins, that we move people first. Instead of profits over people, we move people over profits. And maybe it doesn't have to be either or or over anything. Maybe it can actually be inside of it that profits or the ability to make capital grows our businesses so we have more opportunities to serve a greater good. Exactly, exactly. Well, that's what servant leaders are and servant leaders work on um, serving their customers as well as their employees. And they put a lot of effort into their employees. And so that's why I started Conscious Business Zone was to give them resources because they're so busy trying to keep the business running and taking care of their clients as well as their, their employees. And it's a win-win. Um, there's been all of these uh, books and courses that have come out about bringing love into business. And it's been probably the past 10 years, maybe, um, or, or more that there was the first one was love is a killer app. Um, that was one. It is, it is. If, if you love your people and they love you and this is all, Hey, let's see what we can do together. Bringing out the best of everyone as much as possible within the role playing. I mean, that's really important. And I, that's why I do this is I really see business as a way to turn around the ship a little bit change a different culture, make it a more of a world loving culture, um, human loving culture than um, human superiority culture. Um, so the, the whole thing is a, is a dance and we forgot. We just forgot. That's all. We just That's forgot. all. Yeah. Yeah. So, and you know, you brought up a really great subject too is we call it in business world CRMs, um, customer relationship management. That's right. And I've, I've loved to shift it for what I'm called to create is global energy mastery schools. So for kids preconception, through conception, through gestation, through birth, the birthing process, then infancy through young adulthood is learning energy mastery in the physical, mental, emotional, and spiritual realms, Perfect. optimizing their relationships with themselves, each other, their families, and the environments they're choosing to create. Thus, as they're growing through their youth, their giftedness naturally evolves. Their well, giftedness think, in relating, right? I think there's coming in already, they could teach the class more than we can. <laughs> <laughs> they can, and I call that stewardship. Yes. So as part of my as part of my business model, I help children become their giftedness. And then I help in their giftedness, their mission, vision, purpose, and passion naturally comes through. They don't have to go through any expos or fairs or career environments. They actually start to cultivate their own career, if you could call it that, their vocation or their calling that naturally evolves. And it's an evolution throughout their whole entire lifetime. It's just not just one calling. It's like one calling leads to the next calling, leads to the next calling. And we, we start to live really amazing cultivated lives. And in that process, I was called for the last 10 years to really work with parents, developing this language, this oral or written language, because we 
we we we exemplify right or we bring out that we can only learn through languaging which isn't necessarily true and it's a beginning and so this process of training parents about cultivating a conversation of the children's giftedness then cultivates the children taking interpersonal responsibility and we start breaking down some of these structures in society called an obedience model or mm -hmm. a punishment model. And we recognize when we make a child or anyone, even an adult, be obedient or be punished for the things it did or didn't do or whatever's going on, right? The conflict. When that occurs, what happens is the person who's obedient or suppressed has to give away their power to those oppressors. Right. And then we start to make an enslaved society right. and we make a society that's unwilling to take interpersonal responsibility for your thoughts, words, actions, deeds, and behaviors. And so punishing bad behaviors will never, ever, ever work in our human world. Cultivating and stewarding interpersonal responsibility through energy mastery is really where we're headed for our future evolution in humanity Beautiful. and it starts it starts with the schooling and then with the schooling we work with the kids we work with the parents to start to cultivate because they didn't grow up with energy mastery yet so we're talking about the first round of children and parents that have never received it so it's it's a it's it's a daunting task and i invite all team members on deck to uh, work towards this globally and uh in this process we train ourselves, the practitioners, how to facilitate energy mastery. And I don't just mean Reiki. I don't just mean chiropractic care. I don't just mean being a teacher in a typical school environment, learning rote memorization of things that may or may not have existed. What, what I'm looking for is the opportunity for practitioners to master their own art of their own energy healing, their own giftedness, their own mission, vision, and purpose, and passion through energy mastery. So we also get to grow and cultivate the practitioners in the world to really the, the providers of stewardship for the children to actually cultivate their own energy mastery in all levels and sectors of the world. And it's a growth process. And then inside of that, I invite all administrators of global energy mastery schools to also learn energy mastery. So, and that's in the business intuition technology department. My admin teams and our admin teams to develop new schools for the world, not about telling children what to do. It's about cultivating children to be able to find what they are here to do inside themselves and create those aware, those contextual awareness frameworks so that they can start to work with some structure and systems that we're here as grown-ups right now to cultivate. And we can't cultivate them if we're in a business environment called acquiring other people's money, what's in my wallet and not what's in your wallet, all kinds of different business applications that are more unconscious and less conscious than they could be. And so our opportunity to cultivate administrative and businesses, governments, military systems, banking systems, um, hospital systems, medical care systems, mm -hmm. uh, food industry. I don't know. All the industries on the planet called businesses. When we cultivate the high and cultivate consciousness in it, conscientiousness, becoming aware, we have the ability then to cultivate an entity called energy mastery schools for all kids on the planet. Mm -hmm. And it's respective of people's indigenous environments it's respective of people's race color career so that we can all come together as a humanity rather than separate segregated comparing and in competition with one another wow and so those are all the areas that i didn't realize over the last 13 years that i was cultivating <laughs> everyone mentors business mentors everyone kept saying actually you're all over the place you have nine different websites. What does all that mean? And I'm like, I don't know. It's all going to a central focus point, which is called Global Energy Mastery Schools. We had to cultivate this in all these areas to help the world become ready to receive what we could call energy mastery. 
And you know, just the bottom line is, isn't it cool to have mastery, not control, demand and insist, blame and shame and complain, but actually have mastery of one's own energy? Yeah. Right? Mastery, like, I, and I call it self-awareness leads to self-healing leads to self-mastery. And when we become self-mastered individually, it's so cool because we become present to each other's mastery as you do so well, interviewing so many people, really bringing together the marketing, right? That putting it out there to the world, knowing that we exist. <laughs> We're not in these individual silos, just doing our thing. Right. And then we learn to come together to synergize our giftedness and work in collaboration and community because my giftedness is not the same as your giftedness. Right, right. And everybody looks at me and says, you know, why are you so gifted? Why do you have telepathy, empathy, multidimensional walking, remote viewing, blah, 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 all this sort of stuff. I have it because I'm to be able to have some level of mastery to share with the kids that I can hold these energies. I can have them in a container. I can work with them. I can master them. And I can facilitate them and steward them for others. That includes kids, that includes parents, that includes practitioners, and that includes the admin teams that put all this together, that hold it together on the back end, right? Because we need that support. So those are all levels of what you called customer relationships management. Mm -hmm. And that's right. what I've been working in these realms so much is conscious relationships management. That's beautiful. I love, I love how you always come up with the right words to to change it, to make it much more succinct and valuable than customer. Because the thing is, is all relationships or excuse me, all business are, is relationships. And really yeah. it's and and that's what I was calling a dance. But we were taught, um, I remember I taught a class at CU Boulder at the business school on change on um, cause, cause uh, management and cause marketing. And cause marketing is where you give part of your proceeds to a nonprofit. Um, so the customers, it's, you'll see it on um, Ben and Jerry's ice cream and and a lot of the Procter & Gamble um, products, you'll see the breast cancer sign or whatever that a portion of the proceeds go to a nonprofit. And um, I was teaching it and I was saying that business is now going to be about collaboration, not about um, competition, not about war. And they, the kids like looked at me like blank faces. They had no concept of what I was talking about that that collaboration was even possible and that the, that there was fun in it because they had to be warriors and stoic and, and uh, you know, the power of it all. And it was like, no, no, that's old masculine. We're getting more balanced. So with that conversation, could you talk a little bit, because um, before we came on, you were talking about zero point and how this is all to get back to this um, synchronized perspective of the divine, which is both the male and female divine um, essences. But instead of one being the leader and the other one being below, it, we've already done that for 26,000 years. Um, well, minimum. <laughs> well, well, that, that we know. Oh, actually, you're right. It's probably... No millions but there's, when, there's, there's no right or wrong but it's fabulous because we could have some starting point to really to really to really illustrate how deep this is yes well well i i think that's why we came here at this time so many beings stood in line to get these bodies to be here right now to during this huge change so that they could embody a different way of being and model it like you are modeling a different way to interact as a parent you're not a friend you're not the teacher you're not the authoritative person you're the nurturer guide without being a hovering parent i mean there's all these different ways of parenting and in a lot of cases, 
um, businesses that the owner is like that parent. I mean, the, the same dynamics of family dynamics is in a lot of businesses, right? Yes, yes, yes. And, and, and to share succinctly around conflict resolution, inside what I recognize with working with grownups, our adults, is we're, we're littered all day long with so much conflict. And, and it doesn't matter what sector, it could be in the medical world, it could be in the business world, it could be anywhere, we're mired with conflicts. And we're mired with what, what, what I call fear basis. And I was looking at how do we address the fear basis without making it right or wrong, without judging it to death, right? Because we can get stuck in the hall of mirrors, I call it, judging the judgments and judging the judgments of the judgments and judging the judgments of the judgments of the judgments of the judgments. And we keep going deeper and deeper and deeper and suppressing all this stuff. And then we don't even know what's guiding us except go to work, be really a kind person, work your butt off and make a paycheck, come home and then spend it and then have a great weekend and then do it again for your whole entire adult life. Right. And it's an incredibly horrific closed loop cycle that keeps us stuck. And we end up with so many diseases in our elderly years or our mature years because we've suppressed so much anger, so much depression, so much sadness, so much um, acquiescence or <laughs> sublimation, we call it, where we feel suppressed or enslaved into this working model. And it is horrible. And then we all wish and hope and, and embody this hopium. We literally get addicted to getting rich, getting powerful, getting money, and, um, and, and climbing over the next person. So we've created all of this negativity in being an adult. And in reality, what we have the opportunity to is while we're children, while we're young, and, and even as adults, we can work through resolving conflicts and most people which i didn't realize they didn't want to resolve conflicts they wanted to avoid conflicts right so we use all these different mechanisms coping mechanisms defensive mechanisms denial mechanisms to pretend that we do not have conflicts and we do that so well well in the pediatric icu we couldn't act like that we couldn't do that if we pretended that there wasn't a problem there the child died period. They died. And so we had to rise a little bit above this uh, regular social issues. And we had to say, we need to know the truth of what's really going on so we can address what's going on physiologically to support wow. the child living. Right. And so we preferred to look at the truth than deny what isn't the truth in order to save the child. And it was a great environment to learn that way of being, to learn to experience the truth or the deeper truth. And when the kids did die, we looked at ourselves and we said, what did we miss? What did we not see? What were we not willing to look at? And so we, you know, and maybe they're just the environments that I was in, because sometimes I, I ask my inner guidance to show me, what is the hospital like when I'm not there? And it's a little bit more chaotic, a little bit more noisy and, and interesting. So it, it is us individually that add to the whole collective. And so I invite everybody, wherever they are in their business world, um, as a homemaker, that's a business too. Running a home is a business, whether we like it or not. <laughs> so, so, you know, how are you individually creating your world? And how truthful are you being to yourself and accessing your unconscious mind? And what I realized through our Western medicine, maybe psychiatric realms or cognitive realms and emotional wisdom realms, we convince everybody that we can't access our unconscious mind. And none of that's true. Right. So how do we access? So I started to work on that because parents really weren't um, and practitioners and administrators were not accessing their unconscious mind. And I'm like, what is preventing everybody from doing it? And it's because they weren't willing to be truthful to themselves because they were so motivated on going straight and becoming success oriented that they bypassed everything else. 
And so what I recognized is not making it wrong or bad. I'm like, wow, this is really kind of a cluster mess in our society. And how do we unravel this cluster mess? And I was, I was through my intuition, because I didn't know I was stuck in the cluster mess myself. Yeah. And so I was like, okay, guidance, who would like to show up in my inner guidance? As we call them teams or different access points of knowledge and wisdom in the infinite cosmos. And, um, and, and I, I have unlimited access to it and I love it. And I'm like, okay, so this energy comes in and shares with me, okay, we need to work on conflict resolution. And so what we developed at leapofconsciousness.com to help grownups and to steward children. And I can't wait because I'd like to create pediatric or children's a world of, of, of languaging to share how to release a conflict. And I'm sure the little kids will help us all, right? Like you said, be smarter than us. Yeah. Is be innocent, be gracious, be truthful, be honest, be kind. And so we have a 12-week meditation program that helps you guide it. It has an email system where once a week you get a context framework of connecting with your inner guidance because we realized that connecting to your inner guidance, your intuition, is the most valuable tool you can have on the planet being human. And to cultivate that relationship and that tool is quintessential to happiness, peace, grace and conflict resolution and so we correct we created a five-step process for people to zero point their conflicts and that doesn't mean deny it that doesn't mean avoid it that means walking through it so that on the other side of walking through that that whole new expanded as you shared expanded awareness field opens for you opens for you i didn't tell you what to do your inner guidance didn't tell you what to do. It, it can because as you cultivate the relationship with your inner guidance, it is you. It's just another aspect of you that you learn and you grow and you cultivate that relationship, that deep spiritual connection with yourself and all others. And then we start to feel the oneness and the unity between each other that the children already naturally feel and experience. And are born alien to all of this separation, competition, and uh, survival of the fittest. And I've got to be better than you and all this sort of stuff in order to, to win. Win what? I'm not sure. The game of life, right? And so that brings us back to this the philosophies, value systems, and theosophies that bring us back into cultivating what is the relationship I have with myself, each other, and the and the environments we choose to create called our businesses when we kind of grow up and start to value exchange each other for capital or money or resources or time or different ways of loving each other and so in that conflict resolution we created five steps one was acknowledge the conflict and the conflict is to not acknowledge a consciousness challenge a challenge based a thought form based in fear and it can be anything and everything. We have a list of 7,400 consciousness challenges, fear-based thought forms that we create as conflicts in our lives. Wow. And the list keeps growing. And we're, we're creating a, uh, an app where you can access it. And then you can access the perspectives of who sourced the energy, what is the energy, the consciousness challenge, the fear-based thought form. What is it wrapped in an emotion? And then who am I sending it to and how are they receiving it? And so these are the very basis of, of communication and conversation. And what it does is it sculpts and molds our society and how we think, how we word things, how we act, how we behave. And so instead of saying you behaved badly, saying, huh, what consciousness challenge did you invoke inside of yourself or creator source that caused this conflict in relating to yourself or others or the environments we created? And that's when we start to recognize and acknowledge, oh, I had frustration consciousness. So I acknowledge I release the, um, I acknowledge I have a conflict with frustration. So I'm mad at frustration. I don't want to be frustrated. It doesn't feel good. 
So instead of denying it and not accessing it, I access it by acknowledging it. And then when I acknowledge it, then I release judgments on step two and I release my self judgments. I, I release the judge, the self judgment that there's nothing I can do about my frustration because my frustration is about what that person did. So now I've pushed my power outside of me and I made that person at fault. When in fact it was my own frustration, what, because of my belief systems, my BS that said that that person was wrong. And so it helps us go a little deeper about what's really happening in the energy field of exchanging energies between each other. And so it helps us evolve and evaluate what it is we created. And we become responsible for that creation by releasing our own self-judgments and then our own judgments about that person and why they made me frustrated when we recognize that no one makes you feel a certain way that others in life circumstances are not the source of my feelings, I am. And so when I create a feeling called frustration, I allow myself to release that frustration in order to really more deeply and have more clarity to understand how that, why, that, why or how that person's being so that I can be present in my silence, listening to that person's situation that may elicit frustration in the environment called my observation. And so when I release my judgments, I become clear, crystal clear. And then when I become clear, I forgive myself for my judgments on myself, my judgments on the other. And then what I do in step four is I release, I recognize that I can shine in my divinity. I can shine in my true essence of love. And then I have the opportunity to see their true essence of love shine, even when they're creating frustrating situations for real. Wow. So, okay. I've got a question. Yeah. About, is this kind of like Kokoponopono? It is. It's, and, and it's advanced. It's, um, it's, uh, yes, it is. It is in that realm. Dr. Yulin did an amazing job bringing that out. And um, that came through naturally in me to get more concise, to develop actual physical curriculum for the whole entire world wow. to work through this because he brought that gift through the world. It wasn't really quite explained very deeply or well. This is one rendition of how to do that. Because when we release our judgments from all perspectives, we not only become clear, we zero point that energy. Those literal quantum particles that are creating the frenetic energy in the field start to diminish and go back to the zero point, that precipice of creation, the God space, the still point. And many people don't realize that because in our older spiritual world, we said energy can only be, energy is not created or destroyed. It can only be recycled. That's one level. That's a beginner level. That's not the truth. We can zero point energy to zero and we can create from the inception of the precipice of creation. And it takes cultivation of energy mastery naturally. Nobody permits you from doing it or not doing it. What it does is it's, it's the natural system of the universe to support us because as we gain awareness, self-initiation, self-awareness, when we do our own inner work, it naturally comes forward, this awareness. We don't, we don't have to read it in a book or watch it in a movie or listen to a podcast. All of these other adjuncts, these physical external adjuncts, books, podcasts, movies, they serve as reminders of what already lives inside of us. Well, they're, they're um, helping you remember. That's yes. why so much of this is. But, but the, um, the thing is, is that this seems like it's a very quick way to change state. And yes. that's what, um, as we're seeing, uh, time is speeding up and things are um, getting um, the outside appearance of conflict is exaggerated um, in, a, in the media, in the news. And um, I don't watch the news, but, um, but I'm still getting emails and, and getting substacks and getting podcasts. And so what you see is these people not seeing the bigger perspective of it all. Um, so I have one quick question um, about this. 
do you feel that because you were in a life and death experience in your um, when you were a nurse, do you feel that that um, experience opened you up to all of of your consciousness? Because um, it it appeared when you're on that precipice and you can maybe your consciousness actually felt the soul leave or um, was a portal, a doorway was open for you to see glimpse in and remember the source of who you are. Did you find any of that? I did and I didn't. Um, for much of my career as being a pediatric critical care nurse, I did it all on the inner, um, uh, rather unconscious, because I sensed the environment was rather unconscious too. And to be so tech, we were very technologically advanced at the bedside, providing technology basis that required critical thinking and critical care all yeah. day long. And so you were very left brain, logical, linear, this, 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 this. Oh, that doesn't work. This, 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 this. Oh, that doesn't work. Okay, this, 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 and add more team members. We did all that kind of um, logical, linear um, learning. And then as I start to, to for the last 13 or 11 years in it, what I did was when I started to heal myself and when I started to heal my own inner conflicts, I did this leap of consciousness work in the environment of the intensive care for 10 years and released three or 400 every 12 hour shift of conflicts that I saw and witnessed in myself, in others, and in the environment we created. Wow. And so I started to shift the um, environment because of my presence. And I didn't know that we had the capacity to do that. And so I focused in all areas all at the same time. And I'm not sure if that helped answer your question in the realm of, you know, how do we recognize that we can create, we can be a positive or a supportive influence and impact, I sense is what it is. And so this, this ability to release conflicts in our environment opens the energy for all of us to experience, Perfect. to serve, as you said, servant leaders, to serve the environment, whether we're the leader, the physical role model leader, or whether we're the informal leader. And I remind everyone, including children, if you and the environment have the higher awareness, guess who's the leader? Automatically. <laughs> whether, you're, whether you're in the role or not, you are the informal leader and you are commanding the space energetically. Right, right. And it takes a lot of interpersonal responsibility. And I mean that very sincerely, wholeheartedly to do that. So if we get sideways and we're in this larger awareness field, we can create the world going sideways. And many light workers, many people who, who master energy in their realm, they don't realize that when they go sideways, they're contributing to the demise of the environment. Right. And it's not about pointing fingers or making people wrong. It's about helping each other going, oh, you went sideways for just a moment. You got off the rails. Please take a break. Go to the bathroom. Do some breath work. Come back online. Come back in because we need you. We love you. Yes. And we appreciate you. And we know it's a human experience to go off the rails. Well, um, the, yeah. There was a company called uh, Cafe Gratitude that I read their book. I don't know, 12, 15 years ago. And what they did is they actually, they, they are in California. Yeah. And I know there's one in San Diego and one in LA. I don't know where else they are. But um, anyway, they, they paid their manager to actually come in early and work through and have a talk with every, even the cooks, the dishwashers, the janitor, everyone had a talk with the manager before they ever got on the floor because the, he cleared and cleaned and heard them so that they did not bring any of their conflict or their angst from home situation into the restaurant. And they, they expanded their business exponentially from that. So I know it works. Um, I think it probably works faster now. Do you agree? I agree. I, I think it works faster because a lot of us thought leaders and people on the planet that are really here to lead planetary change in human consciousness 
um, is, is, is embodying receptivity. And how do we create receptivity? So you gave a great illustration. And, and yes, and thank you, Gr Cafe Gratitude, and all those mentors that helped Cafe Gratitude really be who they became. And that's so true. That is like the deepest illustration of what a manager does, right? Just think in healthcare, if all of our nursing managers and other people actually helped clear the floor. That's right. right. Before we started the day or the shift, um, the 12, you know, the night or the day, because that's a 24 hour business, the hospital. Yeah. But just think about that as we have levels and layers of greeters and um, clearers, not clearing you of negativity, allowing you to experience your own uh, negativity and really being able to clear that within yourself so that all day, even if that person represented a pattern or a situation, that person was kind of working through that day, they could recognize their own pattern. Oh, this customer triggered that. That customer triggered that. Oh, that employee triggered that. And it's the same pattern all day. Oh, wow, I'm working through the pattern of not feeling good enough. Okay. So then you constantly are keep presencing yourself in the in the environment of your work. Wow. And, and you're right, is that, that that is such a beautiful way to steward the space as a manager, right? Or a project manager, whatever the role is. And to have those managers have that increased awareness so that they can actually um, master the space versus maybe even manage the space or control the space. Or, and well, so, or, or give, give time for those processes. See, the yeah. thing is we just go from trigger, 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 trigger in a in a busy environment like that. And what what you had said is just go to the bathroom <laughs> and talk to yourself while you're in there. <laughs> but, um, but and I've done that many times. I mean right? I, at Arthur Anderson, I had 80 people below me. While um, I was training I, myself, yes, with the conflict <laughs> resolution in the ICU. I went through a period of about six to eight months where I kept going to the bathroom and I committed to going to the bathroom once an hour. And my colleagues go, why are you going to the bathroom so much? And I go, I'm doing a process for myself. And, and you can't tell me I can't go to the bathroom. <laughs> and, uh, but I would take 10 minutes, you know, they're like, yep, I got to go number two, 10 uh, every hour. <laughs> well, whatever but you know but what Once i do is I, diet, we gotta stay away from that <laughs> i That's... go into the bathroom and and start to conflict resolve yeah. i go what is my conflict this hour it's with me okay great okay what is it and i go through the process and then oh no the next hour is with um with the family i'm caring for oh yeah okay i'll go through that and then i'd go and I'd go through it and then every hour after 12 hours it would get better and better and better. That's right. That's the right. The child would start recovering better. The parents were responding better to the situation, even though it was grave or bad or not great. Um, my colleagues would start responding to me better and to each other better. It was fascinating to see that unfold. Beautiful, beautiful. Well, um, I'm, we're going to have to do this again because. Yes. And when your book, when is your book going to be out for Leap of Consciousness? Oh, we are working on it diligently. It is like this constant evolution. And you're right. We have to kind of stop and go, okay, we're ready to deploy. <laughs> okay. Well, so do you think it'll be this year? In yes, we're, we're working towards that. Thank you. Oh, Thank wonderful. You. Okay. Probably, great. probably out in the beginning of next year. But yes, oh, okay. we are we are working on that process. Business okay. Intuition Technologies and leap of consciousness. Oh, good. Okay. Yeah. So um, what's the best way for everyone to connect with you? It is the greatest way is to connect through a lot of our processes through leapofconsciousness.com. And as practitioners who would love to learn the art of their own energy mastery through, I mean, their, uh, the art of their own energy healing through energy mastery is through ashleyleehealing.com. Wow. So, yeah, and I, if you, you do have a lot of websites, so it yes. keep, keep for those of you that are just learning about Ashley, keep your eye on Ashley because something is evolving and it's still percolating. Yeah, uh, it's it's uh, going to be magnificent. So thank you, thank you, and thank you for everything you do. It's really, really a pleasure to know you. Thank you. Thank you.
So, okay. Well, sorry. We'll have to do this again because it went too fast. <laughs> it did. It did. <laughs> Bye-bye.